Hi, and welcome to Kitty Talks, the podcast that shows you how to find and follow your purpose. I'm your host, Kitty Waters. I'm a serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the Network for Transformational Leaders, also the creator of Kitty Talks. We share inspirational life stories that empower you to create yours. Every week, I interview some of the world's leading thought leaders who not only share their life stories, but practical tips and advice on how you can become the highest version of yourself and build a life in alignment with your soul. Our mission is to inspire a generation of changemakers to follow their passion and purpose and make a difference on the planet. Be sure to head over to kittytalks.com and open your free account so you can see behind the scenes videos of our interviews and get your free Pearls of Wisdom ebook. Join our community of changemakers, making a difference on the planet. Making a di- making a di- Welcome to Kitty Talks. We share inspirational life stories that empower you to create yours. And today I have with me the money oracle, Snow Saxman. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> oh, Snow, thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited about the conversation we are about to have. Um, Snow is a financial guru. She helps women step into their financial destiny by creating income and impact. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm really um, pleased we could we could like we've been trying to kind of have this conversation for a while. But for people listening, this lady is an incredible woman who's completely transformed her life. And I know she's going to tell you a bit more about it. But can you tell the guys what you're up to at the moment, what you do in the world? Yeah, sure. So like you said, I am the money oracle. And uh, the biggest thing that I help people do is monetize their money problems, whether they want to learn how to create more money or they want to um learn how to clean up their financial mess. I am a financial guru, like you said. And so I do a lot of cleaning up financial messes. There are a lot of messes out there. Um, And then I'm also well known as an expert tax strategist. So I help people monetize their taxes by learning how to uh, beat (laughs) the tax agencies legally. And so I help people, you know, wherever it comes to money, that's what I do. I just, I love helping people with their money problems. And I love helping people step into, like you said, their financial destiny so they can create the income and the impact they were destined to have. I'm also a wife. I'm a mother of seven. Mm. I'm a glamour. Oh, yes, seven. <laughs> yes, and I'm a glamour. I'm someone way too young and gorgeous to be called grandma. And uh, you were sh- saying you shared your bed with your, uh, your, uh, you know, your, your yeah. son and your, your grandma. Yeah, I was in between two four-year-olds last night. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Did you get any sleep whatsoever? I did. I did. They're actually pretty good. It was actually kind of fun to have, you know, two four-year-olds around you. <laughs> and what's amazing about you, Snow, is obviously um, you obviously help people now transform their money story, but you have completely transformed your money story. Like, um, at what age did you go bankrupt? It was, um, I was a millionaire by 25. And then by 35, we were bankrupt and living on food stamps. Wow. So complete kind of turnaround. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, absolutely. So yeah, I have completely transformed money story. I wrote about all my Amazon bestselling book, uh, Bankrupt to Six Figures. And um, as you know, it's really an emotional, spiritual and financial transformation. You know, you really have to grow yourself and do that personal development and spiritual development. And then you see the finances <laughs> grow. And so that is basically 
that was my story of being completely bankrupt emotionally, spiritually, as well as financially. And then my journey of transformation back. So it is definitely been a journey and um, I love sharing and teaching from that journey now so others can do the same and do you mind telling us a bit more about it because obviously you have you and I have something in common you know we've both had like problems with drugs and alcohol back in our back in our 20s you know like can you tell us a little bit more about the journey yeah of course so um I the, the first memories I ever have are about being sexually abused by a male family member and that went on from the time I was a toddler until I was a teenager um, most girls who get sexual abuse at a young age, they go one of two ways, they either become extremely promiscuous or they completely shut down. So I completely shut down all through high school. Um, when I got to college, I married the first guy that paid attention to me. So in college, I got married, I had a baby, and then the um, marriage was extremely abusive. I thought that, you know, this was a guy that loved me, but of course, he was just a predator looking for someone who can control. And because of my you know, traumatic past, I was just, you know, a sitting target basically for, you know, a predator. And so through college, uh, we, uh, we were only married for 18 months and it was, you know, some of the worst times of my life. By the time um, the last year my college came, he left me for another woman with, uh, took everything basically except for diaper bag. I had $20 in my pocket. He took the only credit card we had and, and wrapped it all up in that night. So I couldn't have any money. So I moved back home with my parents, uh, with my daughter, and I finished my degree in accounting. And then when I graduated college, I was like, I need to get out of here. <laughs> I was living in uh, Virginia. And uh, so I moved to Orlando, Florida with my two-year-old daughter. And I got my first job as entry-level accountant at Disney World. And my daughter went to preschool um, in Disney property. So it was like I had landed, you know, this dream, this uh, the American dream. Like, yeah, of course. You know, I, I, I got this great job that had great potential. I'm literally going to the happiest place on earth every single day. <laughs> my job. Uh, but within a few months, I realized that working for someone else was <laughs> not for me. I mean, I just was suffocating. I hated being told what to do and when, and I wanted to control my time and my money. So I quit after nine months. I went back to graduate school and started my first business uh, doing small business consulting, uh, financial consulting, tax consulting. And have, have you always loved money? Is like, is finance and numbers just something that comes? Because that sounds like yeah. my worst nightmare. Having <laughs> I know, I know. And I, when I was younger, I always wanted to play Monopoly and hotels. Like I played banker when I was younger. I had like this little box and I wrote checks and did loans to people. I don't know. I don't even know how I knew about that because my dad was an architect engineer. So he was like the farthest thing, you know, from, um, <laughs> from a banker or money. And so, yeah, I was always trying to play Monopoly and hotels, which is, I don't know if you ever heard that, but it's kind of like Monopoly. Yeah. So yeah, that was, those are the things I liked. And I was really, really good at math. And, and I'm actually, you know, it's amazing how God works everything out because um, I'm a huge creative too. And I remember years ago, someone telling me like, you're so unique because I've never seen a person so good at math. It's also creative because, you know, it's like opposite sides of the brain, but now I get it because most people aren't good with math and women, most women don't like money. They're afraid of money. You know, self-esteem is tied to money. You know, 97% of women have low self-esteem. And so all of this affects money. And so now it makes sense because, you know, my passion is, you know, to help women that that is like, you know, the core passion there, uh, but I'm really good at money and every woman needs, you know, help with money. And so and now it makes sense, you know, like some Yeah, yeah. When you look back at it now, you can see the yeah. kind of pattern and everything. Yeah. Sometimes we feel like we're weird and it's really we're unique and we have a unique set of gifting to do what we're purposed to do. So And I think that's 
that's the that's the tricky thing though because you know when it something comes so naturally to us we don't see it as a gift because it's just so natural to us so like you said you just thought everybody was like that yeah yeah and so many other gifts i have like that too and that's one of the things i teach people now when i'm helping them learn how to create more money um the thing that comes naturally and easy to you is what other people will pay you for like that's why they're paying you sometimes especially women have a hard time well, I, that, that comes easy to me. So yeah. I want to charge a lot of money. No. And it's not about charging a lot of money. It's about charging what the service is worth, yeah. the value of it. And what comes easy to you is what most likely someone will pay you to help them with because they're struggling with it, like the money, right? And mm. taxes. People struggle with money. They struggle with taxes. That stuff comes easy to me, you know? So, yeah. um, and, and, but that, that is how, you know, it's also a really good indicator of where to start looking for that, you know, thing to turn into an income, like that talent, that passion that, you know, uh, whatever you like or skill, if it comes really easy to you, it's a good place to start looking, you know, for ways to create money. So absolutely. So you left Disneyland. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. So, um, my current husband was one of my first clients. So I, uh, he was one of my first clients in my first business and through a bad investment, we ended up falling into construction and real estate. And so we just fell into this construction real estate company that we invested in. And by the time I was 25, I was the millionaire. Uh, my husband, uh, we really complement each other with our gifts. And so literally like where he is, you know, weak, I'm strong and, and vice versa. So we were able to build this multi-million dollar construction real estate company. And I was doing what I wanted. I was the chief financial officer, which is what I said I wanted to do when I graduated college. I wanted to, you know, run a company from the financial side. So I was doing all the legal stuff, all the tax stuff, all the financial stuff for, you know, our multi-million dollar company. Um, but there was something missing and I hadn't dealt with my extreme traumatic past. And so we had a lot of money. I was 25. I didn't know, you know, anyone um, that was really my age that had that kind of money. And my husband and I were always very hospitable. We loved to entertain. We loved to have people over. And so that kind of desire and like somehow turned into this rocks, what I call the rock star lifestyle, drugs, partying for days on end. So between Orlando and Miami, we were involved in all kinds of, you know, like, underground stuff, strip clubs. I mean, like you name it. Um, and I mean, when I say like I use drugs, like I was addicted to drugs. It wasn't just like we party a little bit and I did it. Like there were a few years where literally it was on me 24 hours a day. Um, literally I would have it everywhere that I went. Now I was, uh, you know, I, people didn't really know. I mean, unless you were like really intuitive, you know, <laughs> um, but I, you know, we were, we were somewhat normal, <laughs> you know, like we had a business, you know, we had, you know, we had a nanny that took care of our children so um, so that we would have you know, let, more time to party. And when we weren't sleeping, there was someone taking care of, you know, the kids. So we seemed somewhat normal. Um, you know, we kept our house up. You know, we didn't do some of the things that, you know, a lot of addicts do. But I was an addict, totally an yeah. addict. I can relate. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't dealt with any of that stuff. And then I was going through PTSD, which, of course, made it worse. So drugs on top of post-traumatic stress, I mean, literally, um, it got really bad. It got to the point where... When I was 29 years old, I attempted to take my own life. I got um, Baker Acted, which here in Florida in the United States, Baker Acted means that they force you into a um, when you attempt to kill yourself. And so, yeah, so I, I was there for three days and, um, you know, it was, it was like the first time that I ever actually admitted that the sexual abuse happened. Uh, a few people knew about it. But that was it. And so had you been burying that memory then and using the basically the drugs and alcohol and the party lifestyle just to distract yourself from the underlying kind of feeling that you just didn't want to go to, basically? Exactly. And, and I really didn't understand a lot of it because for me, it started happening so young. 
you know, um, I grew up with it. it. It's almost like your name. Like, you know, I mean, the, the, my very first memory is of my grandfather, but then the other memories after that are of, you know, sexual abuse. So um, when you, when it's that, when you're that young, you know, you're, I mean, your brain isn't, your brain doesn't fully develop until you're 25 anyways. But um, I literally grew up with this happening. And so um, that also, you know, that does a number on you too. And, and I found out in my journey, you know, years later, actually, it's only been two or three years since I even found this out that I technically was clinically disassociated. I didn't even know that for many, many years. My brain had disconnected because there was yeah, such yeah. yeah, because it was such an extended um, period of trauma. I was literally, I remember going through PTSD and then I remember um, like different mentors and teachers and even friends being like, Snow, you need to get out of your head. You need to get out of your head. And I can never figure out what they were saying. I'm like, I don't know. I don't understand what you're saying. Mm. And the first coach that I ever worked with when I began, you know, uh, you know, replacing these brains and beliefs and like coming out of my story, um, she said that I was like a hard nut to crack. That was that was her words, and she kept trying to get me to get into my heart, and I couldn't. Yeah. And that's because I was completely disassociated. Mm. And uh, and I would yeah. imagine you just completely shut yourself off from your feelings and your emotions oh, just yeah. to survive. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's what a disassociated state is. Like the brain literally disconnects from the mind and the spirit. Um, I mean, from the, yeah, the, the mind, the spirit, and the body completely disconnect. Mm. So I can no longer feel the pain in your body. And so I can no longer feel the pain of the emotion. Mm. So literally you're just your brain, like literally no emotion, no spirit, no, yeah. no, no sensation to the body. Like I had to walk through a whole process of learning how to even feel my body. I mean, it was, it was, it's the craziest thing sometimes. Yeah, no, I can, I can totally relate because mine was the similar, you know, that journey to the heart, you know, my emotions for me were weak. You know, I didn't, you know, why do you, why would you cry? You know, it was a similar, right. you know, and I'm sure right. so many people listening, you know, have the same thing, you know, where we're disassociated from life or we've had an experience happen to us. We tend yeah. to shut down. Yeah, exactly. And you, you, you probably don't realize it because, because I didn't realize it. Like I said, I mean, I literally had no idea. It wasn't until years later. So my husband and I were in this rock star lifestyle. I haven't dealt with any trauma. I've tried to kill myself. I uh, attempt to, um, when I got out of the hospital, the doctor told me, you know, you, you've had 30 some years of abuse, you know, and you haven't dealt with it. And, you know, there's going to be this long road ahead of you. And, and um, you really need to start, you know, dealing with it because literally it was just, you know, shoved down. And so when I got out of that hospital, we, um, I talked to my husband and we agreed that I should tell my parents because I had never told my parents Wow. So I told my parents, um, yeah, and uh, that did not go over well. Um, when I first told my father, he was um, like almost in tears. And he's like, if I had known, I would have stopped, you know, I would have stopped it. And I was like, you know, I know you would have like, no, no person really truly wishes, you know, that kind of thing to happen. And, um, you know, it was all done in secret and hiding, you know, so it's not like it was, you know, done out in the open. Uh, but my mother was not so receptive to the idea. And a few months later, I received a seven page letter. And she had written out everything bad, everything wrong that she saw with me. And um, at the end, she wrote, this is your goodbye letter. Don't ever come home. Don't ever write. Don't wow. ever talk to us again. Um, and she didn't mention the abuse. She mentioned everything else except for that. She didn't say, I'm doing it because you told me. She just wrote this seven-page letter. Um, and to make things worse, uh, we were about to move. So she made a copy of the letter and she mailed it to the new house just to make sure. <laughs> But I got the letter. So I actually got the letter twice. Um, I still still haven't talked to her and since then. It's been 10, I think 10, almost 11 years. And so after that, that obviously, you know, set me back a little ways too. Um, at about this point, the economy here in the U.S. is starting to crash. 
So I'm looking for other ways to make money. I had bought a salon and then I bought a ladies fitness franchise because there was this, um, the thing that was missing I mentioned earlier was this under, underlying desire to help women. So I had bought this salon, that failed. I bought this gym, that failed. And then I started the Mary Kay business, which I absolutely fell in love with. Um, I fell in love with the, the freedom and flexibility it had because even mm. when we had the big construction and real estate company, there was no freedom. I mean, we had so many contractors, so many employees, so many contracts. Uh, we couldn't go away for more than a few days without things, you know, literally falling apart. Um, and I wasn't, we weren't as good back then as uh, about delegating. <laughs> so uh, we didn't know what we know now. And uh, so it just really trapped us there. So I fell in love with the Mary Kay business um, because number one, it was empowering women. And that's what was missing, you know, for my life. And I could do, you know, business. I could teach finances. Like I could do the same thing. And I had the freedom and flexibility. I did very well. I became a director of my first car within months to starting my business. And I fell in love with the founding principles, God first, family second, and career third. And it was literally the start of my healing journey. That is what started it because the company, you know, I mean, that's, that's what Mary Kay wanted. Mary Kay wanted women to have personal growth and financial success. And she knew the two were connected. So that's how she designed her, you know, whole model. And so mm -hmm. that was the start of my healing journey. And I loved it. I did really well. But then I started what I call the roller coaster. <laughs> I, I would do really, really well. And then I would crash and burn. And then I would do really, really well. And then I would crash and burn. And um, by this point, the economy is completely crashed. So we have had to walk away from construction real estate altogether, especially here in Orlando, Florida. You know, the boom was so big. It, it totally was you know, devastating here. And um, so now I'm just doing Mary Kay, but I'm not making as much money as we were. My husband's not making as much, you know. Now I'm, um, I began my spiritual walk. I have a relationship with God. I'm, um, we're, we're praying, we're believing, like I'm doing things I'm supposed to be doing, but nothing's changing. <laughs> like, now, <laughs> I'm sure people listening can relate to that as well. Yeah, like I'm doing everything. And, um, and now the economy's completely crashed. We, we had to... You know, we lost our million dollar home. All of our cars got repossessed. We started having to sell everything we had just to survive. And at first it wasn't that big of a deal because we're selling like things of value, you know, crystal, china, paintings, you know, and you're like, whatever. Because I didn't, things never really had me, you know, but uh, to me, I was like thankful I had things of value that I could sell and at least, you know, get hundreds of dollars for them. And so we literally sold everything but then it got to the point where we were having to sell stuff that didn't have value you know and we're getting like fifty dollars twenty dollars just to like you know buy food and mm -hmm. I remember one day walking into the kitchen and and actually at this point we had to move into one of our investment homes uh, that we had bought we had a group of investors and we had uh, we lost our big home we moved into this home it was actually a really nice home but it needed to be remodeled so it had no kitchen so all we had was a refrigerator and during the three years that we lived there we cooked in a rice cooker and we cooked on a little grill top and a George Foreman grill. That's what we cooked on uh, because we didn't have enough money, you know, to be able to fix this kitchen up. So I walked into this really not really a kitchen and I opened a pantry one day and there was literally almost no food. I think there was like a can of soup and then some random thing. And I remember like the emotion that just came over me, you know, at this point we only have six kids. Um, but still, you know, say how many kids were we up to at this point? <laughs> I don't only six kids. And I'm just like, oh, my God, like, what did I do? You know, I'm like, people were already telling me, you know, why don't you just go, go get a job? Why don't you just go get a job? You know, you've got a, a killer resume. And, and I had tried to get a job, but all the doors kept closing. And, and do you think do you think that was the universe trying to shift you in a different direction? So it's like when you look at it, was God. Yes. Yeah. it was God for sure. Yeah. I'm not I'm not supposed to have a job. 
And I, I tried to, tr I tried for like six months or a year to get a job. And I finally just, I heard him say that that's not the path for you. You're not supposed to have a job. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but people, they don't understand that. Right. So I hear all these people in my ear saying it and now I have no food and I'm like, Oh my gosh, what did I do? Like, you know, people are right. And, and so that's when we um, ended up getting on food stamps. A friend told us about it, you know, and we were like, well, you know, I guess, you know, it's just temporary, you know, my, you know, we do need to feed our kids. And we obviously qualified because I was really making no money. Um, so we got on food stamps. And of course, um, you get into like this vicious cycle with, you know, stuff like that. Um, when you start getting government assistance, mm -hmm. you become dependent on it, right? And yeah. it enables you. So we stayed on a lot of we wanted. And so now, I mean, I think we were on it for a couple of years. And, you know, the economy is so, you know, we're still not in recovery yet. We're still, you know, it's, it's crashed and burned, but, um, American business is still in this roller coaster. You know, now we're connected to a church. We're praying, other people praying for us. We're praying like we're literally, we've sold everything we possibly could. We're living on food stamps and it just hits me one day. I'm like, I know, like, I actually know what, <laughs> what, cause I, I, you know, I, uh, the Bible is important to me. You know, I study the Bible and I'm like. Uh, this is not, <laughs> this is not really in the Bible. Like, yes, you know, um, you know, not everyone can be rich. I don't believe, you know, everyone has their own like financial destiny based on, you know, like what they're here to be. So I'd had enough of like going around this same mountain and I'd had enough of living on food stands and all these years and stuff. And so one day, you know, like I said, we were praying at the church praying, you know, like I'm like confessing things. I'm doing mantras and like nothing is, nothing is working. And so I've just literally had enough. And I just threw myself on the ground one day and I looked up and I was like, I don't know what you're waiting on to bless me, but this, this is enough. Like, this is ridiculous. Like I'm doing everything you asked me to do and nothing is happening. And there was like this pause. And then I heard an audible voice say, Snow, you are not waiting on me I am waiting on you and a proper proper voice in your head yeah always it wasn't the voice in my head it was the fact that he said I was a problem <laughs> that, that is what shocked me because I remember like there was no more audible voice but I remember I went I'm not the problem I'm like I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing and then just through like circumstances and just like the still small voice and then just things, um, I started to realize how every thought I had around money was fear-based. Wow. And then I did hear the voice again say, you know, that's what's keeping money from you. It's not, you know, it's nothing else. It's the fact that every thought that you have is negative and you don't believe as much as you say you believe. And, and so you, that's when I began my journey. Do you think as well that like I have this belief that when we're going the wrong way and doing the wrong things, that the universe almost closes down on us? Like, you know, oh, yeah. you know, like follow. So it was almost like the universe was saying to you, shutting all the doors and slamming them in your face because they wanted you to be doing this work that you're now doing. Yeah. You know, so for oh, people, yeah. for people listening, you know, for people listening, if you're having, you're experiencing that, like, you know, I've been taught to follow the energy. Like, where, where are you being led almost? exactly oh yeah i absolutely believe that god got you know there's a saying like for you know people that are more churchy you know, like when god closes a, a door he opens a window right <laughs> it, it's it's true though like there are there are times that you do that. <laughs> there are there are times that you do have to push through obstacles it doesn't mean that everything is going to be easy yeah. but when the, the something keeps happening over and over again i had that's actually part of my story that's what happened with me and mary Kay. so 
I ended up, um, it's like literally the next thing I'm going to share too. So it's funny. Yeah. To so, um, so I, I ended up going to two different coaches. Um, you know, I studied the brain a lot in college because I went to PTSD. Um, I knew that cognitive therapy wasn't working for me. I didn't realize, you know, it was because of the trauma, but I just knew. And so I was like seeking alternative forms of therapy, you know, 20 years ago, like um, before coaching came out, before tapping, like, you know, like before these things that are a little more mainstream, there was really nothing that existed 20 years ago. So I was studying the brain and I studied a lot of psychology in college. And so I always loved the brain. And one of the coaches that I did a lot of work under and actually became a master neuroscience coach with, she was a neuro coach. So she did everything based on the brain. And that was very, very life-changing for me. I realized, you know, that my thoughts, you know, create energy and that, you know, what I think and um, will literally create results. I see my life because it creates, you know, the core beliefs in us. And so I was able to change instantly my thoughts. Like I would shut them down and I would begin to say what I know is true. Um, you know, for me, like, I know God has things to prosper. Like I know, you know, that there's more than enough money to do what I'm purposed to do. And as I began to do that, I literally within days, I saw my life start changing. Now I didn't go from bankrupt to six figures overnight. It did take one year, but I did do it. Um, and so and that was you just know, like shifting, you know, shifting, just shifting how I thought because your thoughts create emotion, which creates energy and then creates the results and guides you to do, you know, certain things without you knowing. And basically most people are just, we're programmed our entire life. And so you're living this life based on whatever's happened to you in your past, whatever programming was put into you based on your life experience, if you've had trauma. And so until you come of whatever age that someone becomes a conscious thinker, you're mm -hmm. really just, you know, a product of mm -hmm. your life. And yes, your own life choices, but also other things other people have uh, yeah. put into you because oh, your brain remembers. Yeah. Yeah. Our brains are computers. They mm -hmm. remember everything, literally every single word and thing that happens. It processes information through all five senses. So touch, feeling, sound, hear, you know, all of it. Right. And it's literally remember everything. And so until you get to that place in your journey with a product of your past your past choices your past life experiences everything that's been done to you said to you your entire life um and that's you know kind of scary in one way but the good news is you get to choose you get to choose how you think and so i began that journey of choosing my thoughts and replacing the negative ones with empowering ones and my life you know began to change instantly and in one year we went from bankrupt living on food stamps to creating six figures but i created it outside of mary Kay, and that is where you know, God kept closing the door. Like I was doing so much work inside of Mary Kay. I should have been way further along in the journey. I remember people saying to me, like, you should have more results. Like I should have had more results, but I didn't because that wasn't the, the place I was supposed to be. So I had this Mary Kay business. I was doing as much work inside of Mary Kay as I was, but it was creating six figures and then multiple six figures before I ever realized I've got to let go of Mary Kay. And that was really hard because I had a 10 year dream inside Mary Kay and I loved empowering women. And it, I, it was the first place I started my healing journey and I could do everything. I yeah. could teach business. I could teach money. So it seemed perfect for me, but I wasn't getting the results. And that's something I teach people today. Um, you know, if you're not getting the kind of results that you want, there's three things that are possible. Number one, it's your limiting beliefs about money. Number two, Two, you don't have clarity on your purpose and the universe or God is shutting that down, right? Like God is people from not realizing uh, their full potential and desire for so many, so many reasons. But those are the three things that keep people stuck. 
I teach about them. I share about them all the time. I have a new video series about them as well. So I really, those three things are so important for us. So someone listening, like, you know, they're listening to your story. They're relating, you know, they feel stuck. Um, you know, the universe is shutting them down. They don't know, you know, what to do or where to go next. They just know what they're doing isn't, isn't right. Like how can they, how can they, you know, implement those three things to move them forward? Yeah. So definitely you want to do a mindset check. Like what are my thoughts around money? Like when I go to sit down um, and and look at money, look at my bank account or think about money, you know, what are the first things that are coming up for me? Um, And then the the second thing, you know, getting clarity on your purpose. Uh, Of course, you know, the, the money thing, the mindset thing that uh, I have a new program called monetize your mess. (laughs) And it's all about, it's all about helping people. (laughs) Yeah. It's all about helping people, you know, clean up the mess and then change their minds. Because yeah. the truth is, no matter what level you're at, if you want to get to a new level, it's going to start with changing what you think is possible for, you know, for your life and for that new level. And so I, I go over a lot of that. And I've got actually have a, um, some free gifts as well. I've got a, you know, 12 steps of cleaning up and monetizing your mess. So if you're in that type of place where you have negative fears or thoughts around money or you've got a financial mess of some kind, you know, I've got a free um, resource for that as well. And then the, the clarity and purpose thing. Um, I also have free, <laughs> free resources for everything. I love, you know, I love giving value to people. So that one, I tell people what I teach is you have to find the intersection of your unique gifts and talents, your personality, your work style, your life experience, and your passion, your heart. So mm. when you find the intersection of those things, that is, you know, what your purpose is. That's how um, you turn your passion into a profitable business. Um, that is basically your passion, your heart's desire you know, is there for a reason and you have gifts and talents and you have a story for a reason. And um, for me, you know, like it took me a while. I kind of had to do this soul searching. Um, When I started to figure out things weren't going well in Mary Kay, um, I very clearly heard the voice say, you know, find out, find what you love so much about Mary Kay, like the deeper meaning. Because at first I used to think it was, you know, the fancy cars and the diamonds and trips because I love all that stuff, you know, like, and I thought it was for that. And then after I really did some soul searching and kept asking myself, why? Like, why this? Why this? And I just kept asking myself, why enough times? So I finally got to the core. And for me, the core was the fact that I could have it all as a mother, that I could have you know, unlimited earning potential and I could work smart, not hard. And I could create as much money as I wanted to, but it would be part time. So I wouldn't have to give up what was important to me, like my values, like God, like my children. I didn't have to be gone from them 40 or 60 hours a week to be able to have an amazing life and be able to have an amazing income. I, I could literally have it all. And that was the core of what I really, really wanted in a business opportunity and what I wanted other women to have. And that's why I love Mary Kay so much, because not only could I have it myself, but I could teach other women how to have it as well. And that was like, that's the intersection of my personality, my heart my gifts, my talents, like that's it. That That's the mm. core. And that's what we all have to find is that intersection um, because you have those gifts and talents. You have a, a story and experience and you're led to want things and you have a certain desire for things for a reason. And when you find that intersection, you'll be able to find what you can turn into a profitable business that you love. And so- yeah. I love, I love um, what you said about story because I totally agree. I think our story is leading yeah. us to what we, you know, it's like they say, don't they, that, you know, God is preparing you for what you're here to do on the planet, you know, through, yeah. through your story. So, but it's just, exactly. you know, so it's looking at those things that we do, that we do so naturally, that come naturally to us in our background that we're now using to go forward to make a difference and to contribute. 
Exactly, exactly. And so many people, what's awesome about your story too is that you're the expert in the story. So no one can take that away from you. So when you're like first starting a business, you know, and everyone wants to work with an expert, right? Um, but, you know, especially women, you know, we make decisions based on intuition and feeling, you know, we're not logical like men are. <laughs> you know, we make decisions totally different. And so women especially want to connect with people on an emotional level. But they also want an expert. And so no one can take away your story. Like no one can take away, even if I didn't have the financial background, you know, that just brings a different element, you know, to it. And it was part of my story. But even if I didn't have this strong financial background, if I just went bankrupt and then built back to six figures, I could teach people how to do that because mm -hmm. I did it myself. Mm -hmm. And so you become the expert in your own story. So it doesn't matter if you don't have the qualifications. It doesn't matter if you don't have the degree, if you don't have the certification. It doesn't matter because you can teach from your story. And there's always someone that is further behind you on the journey that needs to be pulled forward and that you can teach them with. So it doesn't matter anything else because you are the expert of your story. And that's where you can look for that place to create more income. And I think I just want to really like um, touch on that point that you said, because like women and our confidence, that's usually what we struggle with. We think, well, who am I? How can I teach this? And how can I do that? But like you said, you only have to be that one or two steps ahead of the people that you're coaching and helping. Yeah. So, exactly. so important. Like, yeah. I was just going through this with my daughter. I just helped her develop her own passion uh, profit plan. That's what I call it. <laughs> I call it, I now call it a passion profit plan. And so um, she has a, uh, she, when she was younger, she trained for the Olympics in gymnastics. And when she was a teenager, you know, she started getting into boys, you know, and like she wanted a life. And I mean, she was literally working out six days a week. You know, it was like school and gymnastics. That was all she had time for. And so we let her walk away because, you know, you, I just don't believe you can force someone to do something. And I, I, I just let her make her own decision. And so uh, she, she quit that and then she um, started Mary Kay business just like I did. And she loved it, but there was still this kind of missing thing for her. And so um, she and I developed this new business for her. She's the beauty fitness queen. And uh, she help, helps women with both the beauty and the fitness aspect of it. And when she first started her business, she kind of got stuck. Like she was super excited. We developed this whole plan. She was like, oh my gosh, like this is amazing. It's authentic. I love it. It's like everything I want to do. And she was so excited. And then she hit this wall when she first got started. And she, got a, she actually got a client right away because right. that's the other thing that when you are in your purpose and your passion, the clients will show up almost like magic. It seems it's not magic, but it literally almost seems, you know, magic. And But it's because you are aligned with purpose. Mm -hmm. And so she even had a client and she began second guessing herself because she's like, I don't have a fitness this. I don't have a, you know, da, 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 this. Um, but what she did have is her own story. Um, she had she had two kids and she gained some weight. She stopped taking care of herself. She stopped taking care, even doing the beauty stuff. She had gained like 30 pounds and she wasn't who she knew she was. Mm. And about four or five months ago, she just realized this is not who I am. I, I don't feel good about myself anymore. You know, it's, it's not that, you know, weight matters, but she knew it wasn't who she really was on the inside. She saw herself as someone different. So she did the work and she lost 30 pounds. She started taking care of herself again. And uh, she did it with the skills that she had from her own journey of being, you know, a gymnast. She already knew, you know, all of this stuff. Um, and then she took her passion for beauty as well and makeup. And that's where the beauty and fitness queen came from. And I told her, I said, no one can take your story. You have done the work. You you lived the life. You had. You became a mom. You had two kids. You gained some weight. You stopped taking care of yourself, and now you're taking care of yourself again. And no one can take that from her. And I just and got. 
I just I just got incredible like goosebumps and like you know a kind of amazing feeling because imagine if we taught everybody that their you know their life story is their purpose and actually if that that ripple effect because every you know everybody's a little bit further than somebody else but then the ripple effect would be just incredible across the planet when people get that I know. I'm actually running um, the, the the New York talent company that signed me a few months ago. Um, I have my first book deal is going to be Monetize Your Mess. <laughs> and that's going to be, um, it's like with a big publishing house. That'll be like in September, I think, or something. I'm not exactly sure because it's kind of like always you never know with the media. But the we're going to turn right around and we're going to write the second book. And it's about that. And it's going to be... Um, it's based on my passion profit plan, but it might be called something else because we're also starting a, a TV show and I'm, I'm starting a whole movement called opting out. And um, cause here in America, you know, the American dream is go to college, get a job. Like that's mm. the American case. So institutionalized. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, 30 years ago in the eighties, women worked really hard to get into the workplace. They wanted the same rights that, and here in the United States, they did it. Like they got so not rights. our path, is it? Cause yeah. we're from the family <laughs> caregivers. Exactly. And then they finally realize. So women are actually starting to realize they don't want someone else raising their kids. They want it all just like I do. They want, you know, the career, but they also want to be there for their children. And so I'm starting a movement. It's called opting out. We're opting out of the American dream. <laughs> and so we're doing a show on it where I teach women how to turn that passion into a profitable business. And we're writing a book about it. And that is a key point of it where mm. the story is what makes you the expert. And you can take mm. that journey and that story Whatever pain you've had, whatever mess, you know, combine that with your new gifts and talents and do it in a way that feels good to you because everybody's personality is different. You know, some people will be better working one-on-one. Some people would like to have a, you know, a, a group type thing. Some, you know, everybody has a different way of what works best for them. Like, do I want to do, you know, video stuff? Do I want to do, you know, audio? Like everyone has different personality and you can't try to be someone else. And so it's really important in that process to understand your actual strengths and personality so mm-hmm. that you create an authentic plan and you're not trying to just copy because what works for me might not work for you. Um, and so that's what that's all about. So I'm doing a book and a TV show all about this. Fantastic. And it's just getting people to understand how unique, you know, like there, there is no one else on the planet like you, you know, and that is the thing that we need to tune into and use to our own, you know, our own good and other people. Yeah, exactly. I have a client and a friend who's always calling me a unicorn. <laughs> and finally I told her, I was like, okay, yes. I'm a unicorn, but so are you. I'm like, everyone is a unicorn. Like literally there, you know, everyone is unique. Like there's something unique that every single person can do. Like our signature, our our finger, our fingerprints are unique. Our heartbeats are unique. Like literally there is no one else in this planet that is like you and you have something to contribute and you can do that in a way that, you know, creates an income and an impact. And that's my biggest passion, like you said in the beginning, is helping women do that. Absolutely. Well, we're totally aligned on our journeys. You know, one of the things I want to do through these interviews is show women that they don't have to conform, that they can break out of the system and actually they can manifest yes. and create a life that is in alignment with themselves, you know. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. Opting out. We are opting out. <laughs> oh, well, I'll help you spread that message. Don't you worry. I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you on that. Snow, thank you so much. I have really and thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Um, we are going to have all of Snow's details in the show notes. So please do let us know what you think. You know, let us know what you took from this conversation. I know it's been a really powerful conversation. I know Snow's story will have impacted a lot of you. So please do share your thoughts and share this uh, podcast. But um, Snow, thank you again. Thank you for having me. No, not at all. And we will see you again next week on Kitty Talks. 
you so much for listening to Kitty Talks. Be sure to head over to our kittytalks.com website. Become a member of our exclusive club and you'll get free interviews and access to our private Facebook group. Exclusive webinars and secret success interviews. See you there.